here we are on our final episode of the gospel series uh thank you so much for listening this far if you have i really appreciate you guys um the feedback that i've received uh first time doing a podcast and i received a lot of good feedback i thank you for that hopefully once again i pray and, and hope that you were edified in some way uh, my goal here is to build up believers and what better way to build up believers uh, than to start off with the gospel so uh, let's get right to it let's review so far we talked about presenting the good news right how do we present the good news well in order to to understand the good news we have to know why it's necessary and why it's good in the first place so first we communicate the guilt of sin so we cover the bad news secondly we begin the good news by introducing christ the only one to walk this earth without sin or guilt he lived a perfect and righteous life pleasing to the father thirdly he died for sinners on the cross he took up the punishment of sinners and died fourthly he resurrected he conquered death and demonstrated to be true to his word he is the son of god the true messiah and savior of the world and lastly the sinner must believe and repent of his or her sins we must believe in the person and work of christ we believe he was god in the flesh and provided a way of salvation for sinners we must also turn away from our sin and turn to christ and that's repentance so we must believe in the person and work of christ and repent of our sins once more just really quickly just to summarize it first the guilt of sin secondly christ came third christ died fourth christ resurrected and fifth faith and repentance and just one more time for good measure in order guilt of sin christ came christ died christ resurrected finally faith and repentance hopefully those five points will be easy to memorize especially along with what we covered in this in this series i i hope that at least it helps you kind of give a, an order to to presenting the gospel and to communicating our, our message overall. Um, in this episode, I'm not going to do much talking. I'm actually, uh, instead I'm going to have some clips and I have a special guest to help me out on this one. First, I would like us to listen to a clip by Paul Washer. In this clip, he talks about his encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses. Let's take a listen. Another thing to do that's very, very helpful is when a Jehovah Witness comes up to me, I'll say something like this. Look, I don't want to talk about a lot of things that may be important but are not the most important thing. Here's what I want to talk about. I want you to tell me your gospel. I'm going to give you three minutes, five minutes. Tell me what the gospel is. And they'll begin to talk about the kingdom, the church, works, all, you know, everything. Alright? And so when they finish, I go, now, that's your gospel. Yes. Would you repeat it again? I want to make sure I understand you. They tell to me again. I go, okay. So that is the gospel. Yes. Now let me repeat it to you because I want to make sure I completely understand you. And I repeat back to them exactly what they've told me. Now is that your gospel? And they say yes. Talking about the rain, the kingdom, all these different things. And then I go, okay. First uh, Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. I read that. This was Paul's gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was raised on the third day 
that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. You didn't talk about that. Now, then before they can even answer, Galatians chapter 1. If anyone comes to you with any other gospel, let him be accursed. And they go, no, 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 we, we mean that too. I said, no, sir, I gave you two chances. You repeated yourself. I even said what you said to me and asked you to verify if I really understood your gospel. And not once did you mention these things. But you've got to have them repeat it several times so that they can't say later on, you misunderstood me. And it'll, it'll stop them dead in their tracks. Because rarely have I ever had a Jehovah Witness talk to me about the death of Christ. Now that's a powerful and straightforward way to present the gospel to those who are lost in false religion. You ask them, what is the gospel? And have them explain it to you. And if they claim to be Christians, followers of Christ, you could always point to what Paul said the gospel was clearly in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Again, I've tried this before and each time it does work. It exposes their false belief, their false gospel. In Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 9, very, very clear. It says that anyone who presents a false gospel is accursed. This is why we're here to preach the, the, the true gospel, the, the one that was preached by the apostles. They were taught directly from Jesus. And we have his word to confirm these things. You know, um, I don't want to spend too much on that. I'll, I will link these these videos uh, in, the, in the description. Okay, so, you know, Mormonism and Jehovah Witness theology it's pretty simple to refute because uh, m many times they will admit that they contradict the Bible. Not so much the Jehovah's Witnesses, but the Mormons, they will, the ones that are taught well, they will actually say that the Bible is corrupt. It's not, it's not what it used to be, and um, so you don't have to trust in it. But for the most part, overall, it's very simple to refute their theology. They, they contradict things that are explicit in scripture uh, like the deity of Christ for example and salvation by grace what happens when you come across someone that's that seems to be a little bit more biblical people that that take the bible at face value and they they seem to have a bunch of proof text to prove their doctrine for example the one is pentecostals or they like to call themselves the apostolics right these are the guys that deny the trinity and deny salvation by grace through faith uh, they will point to a, a verse like acts chapter 2 verse 38 which says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit they will point to that and say look you have to be baptized in water to be saved. That's the only way to receive forgiveness for your sins. And not only that, but it has to be baptism in the name of Jesus. It cannot be baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, because they believe that Jesus Christ is the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They deny the Trinity. And, uh, and I, I do plan on going over the Trinity on a later series. But um, just know that doctrine of the Trinity has been taught since the apostles. The word may not have come out until later, but the actual teaching itself, you can see it clearly in the Bible. They deny these things, okay? And they and they use verses like Acts 2.38. So what do we do with that? How, how do we respond and how do we share the gospel in a matter of minutes to a oneness Pentecostal person? I have a special guest today and that's my friend, 
and dear brother RJ. Uh, he is the creator of the Reform Society on Facebook, and uh, and he actually grew up in the Oneness Pentecostal tradition. So I've asked him to to personally uh, record a gospel presentation directed at Oneness Pentecostals. So let's take a listen. So Arturo, where I would start would be with, of course, the problem of sin. It's it's uh, commonly said, as Jonathan Edwards said, the only thing I contribute to my salvation is the sin that made it necessary, right? Paul tells us in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So before anything, we must understand that we are in a position of sin. We have a division. There is a curtain that divides God and man. There's a massive gulf that no man can cross. There's a chasm that simply no bridge can help us get across. Now, God being infinitely wise and sovereignly powerful to do all things according to work out all things according to his will has made a way for us out of this predicament. God sent his son to atone for the sins of his elect. Now, the important thing that oneness Pentecostals don't seem to want to grasp, and I think Arturo, sometimes it is a matter of willful ignorance or a suppression of the scriptures or knowledge. What they don't want to grasp is that the Lord has declared that number one, he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So when he says that there is going to come a day when he judges all the nations, he means that, and that should make all of us tremble. However, throughout the Old Testament, we see shadows, we see types, we see prophecies we see promises that in some way or another this divine messiah is going to come and sort of rent the veil so to speak he's going to take for himself a people that will be called god's people forever now the fact that this messiah is divine is absolutely not hidden in the old testament it's actually made very plain very visible isaiah himself and this is actually where one as pentecostals often trip and stumble because they see isaiah and they see isaiah call him everlasting father right in the title everlasting father a oneness pentecostal and, and i know because i was one of them once will tell you see here is the proof that our father who has been everlasting and who is from everlasting and shall be everlasting is that son who is with us is that child who has been born what they fail to grasp and understand is that everlasting father is number one can be and i take this position more of a reference to father of eternity in that all things were created through christ or through the son and therefore he is the father of eternity but second is that in the way in a way that abraham was not an everlasting father though he was a father he was a father for a time christ is an everlasting father because though he died he ever lives to make intercession for his people and as such he will be that son of david that god promised to sit on his throne forever now when you ask the question of the father the son the spirit one person modalism um wearing different hats etc you simply look to the baptism of christ and you see and you hear and you read that the father from heaven his voice is heard and he says this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased who is he referring to well he's referring to christ who has just been baptized and then we're told that the spirit is descending upon him as as if it were a dove or in the form of a dove uh there we clearly see all three persons of the trinity yet as you and i arturo would 
absolutely be staunch in saying there is one God, right? But we believe that there is three persons in one God as taught by the Holy Scriptures. Now, when it comes to salvation, we understand that no one may come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him in. And those who come to me, I will in no ways cast out. Uh, and this is the will of my Father that those who believe in the Son will be raised on the last day. So we believe in, of course, the eternal security of the saints. Uh, we don't believe in the that, well, I've claimed the name of Christ, therefore I can live however I want because God has forgiven me. No, that is a slander to Christ. That is to trample the gospel. Uh, and that is to completely misunderstand the nature of well, being born again. When you're born again, you have new desires, new a new will. You have the ability to choose not to sin, right? And the clearest question for my one is Pentecostal friends or the most direct or pointed question would, for them would be, what has happened with Christ's glorified body? Is that person who was in Christ no longer in that body of Christ? You see, the Bible tells us that we have one mediator between God and man. Hebrews tells us that he ever lives to intercede for his people. Now, if he's interceding, there has to be two parties that he's standing between. If he's mediating, there has to be two parties that he's standing between. You and I, of course, and Orthodox Trinitarianism will affirm that Christ is standing between God and man as the God-man to keep this peace, if you will, to graciously uh, intercede for us and and um, keep us in God's will and in, and with God's blessing over our lives, um, with a oneness Pentecostal position, you simply destroy that. You you no longer have that. Uh, you either have a father who is still angry at sin, or you have a son who has placated the father's wrath. But there is no longer a father, so there's there's no wrath there left for sinners. Or you have only a Holy Spirit who is groaning within us, right? But is groaning to nobody because that person is now that Holy Spirit. So uh, I believe with the oneness position, you completely undo the scriptures. Uh, to me, the book of Hebrews, uh, which speaks about Christ being appointed by the Father to be a priest, right, over God's house. Um, if you read that whole book, you, it is impossible. It is impossible to read through that book, pray, and come out of oneness Pentecostal. Uh, you are simply at that point suppressing knowledge. You are uh, purposely ignoring or twisting scripture, which is, again, we know a damnable heresy. Um, so my encouragement is to leave aside your presuppositions of what you've been handed down um, and let the scriptures speak for themselves. Let the Holy Spirit testify to you what the scriptures say. That's what happened to me uh, about three and a half, four years ago. And uh, ever since, my love for God has only grown a hundredfold and my assurance of salvation is rock solid because I am no longer looking to my own performance. I'm looking to Christ who lived the perfect life that I could never live, who was perfectly obedient to God's laws, statutes, and obeyed his will, and who died because of the sins that I committed that God placed upon him. We know that the wrath of God was um, satisfied in the crushing of his son because we read that in Isaiah, for it pleased the Lord to crush him. And so when Christ ascended, we have the perfect seal of the Father on his son. And then the Christ, of course, ascends and sends the promise of the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. You turn to one as Pentecostal, you lose, you lose all of that. Man, it just amazes me how God can save someone who used to be on the other side, who used to defend the doctrine that he now opposes, that he now realizes contradicts God's word. Uh, RJ had plenty more to say. I, in fact, I couldn't add everything he said in that recording into this episode. 
um, but he did share a lot of good things. I really loved how he was able to reinforce some of the elements of the gospel in his responses. Great stuff. I, I love the argument he gave about the mediator and um, how that shows a distinction between the father and the son. I, I just think the whole thing was amazing. Now, he shared a little bit more. And in fact, this next part that I want to show you, mainly for encouragement, it reminded me why a gospel series like this is necessary and why we ought to continue to encourage one another to preach the gospel. So let's go ahead and listen to the rest. Brothers and sisters, uh, we must pray for them. I had a conversation today where someone said, I'm just not convinced that Oneness Pentecostals are not our brothers. I responded, as an ex-Oneness Pentecostal, let me tell you that it's not merely ignorance of the Trinity. It's a active suppression of the knowledge of the Trinity, and it's calling Trinitarians uh, three God-believers. It's twisting what the Trinity actually is, what Trinitarian doctrine teaches. So I said, unfortunately, brother, you cannot see Oneness Pentecostals as brothers. You must see them as the mission field. And that's truly where they're at. They are the mission field. We must evangelize. We must take the gospel to them. Um, I am so thankful that my brother Arturo would challenge me. And for those listening, he would challenge me in the gym even. And uh, he would ask me, brother, that's not what the scriptures teach. That's not what the scriptures. Let's go back to the scriptures. And this is why sola scriptura, this is why the interpretation um, uh, of the scriptures throughout history is so important for the Christian faith. One of the reasons why I now love getting into church history to see the faith that was once and for all handed down to the saints passed on through the centuries. It's amazing. But my brother Arturo would challenge me. He would say, let's look at the scriptures. Don't don't consider what you've been uh, indoctrinated with or handed down. And when you do that and you pray about it and you diligently seek to know the truth, you are absolutely, number one, left in awe and wonder at our great Trinitarian God and the way he's revealed himself in scripture. And you're left honestly reeling in, in, in a little bit of pain because you realize I've been wrong about who God is. Um, but in the end, your brother, you're washed over with comfort because then you say, but God has been gracious and has revealed himself to me in Holy Scripture. Pray for those who are oneness. Um, seek them out. Present the gospel to them. Don't don't lose heart. Don't faint. My brother didn't lose heart with me. He didn't uh, back off. And the Lord was gracious to me. And so you never know whether or not you could be the means uh, that God uses to uh, reveal himself to someone. So I urge you to press on and press forward and stand for biblical truth. Blessings. You know, it's it's great to have someone who used to belong to a group like the Oneness Pentecostals or Apostolics or Modalist to, to be able to preach the gospel, the true and only gospel we have in, in Christ and the good news that we have in Christ and um, that's found in the scriptures. It's just good to have someone that used to be on the other side and that's able to say certain things that he knows will connect. So I appreciate our brother RJ. Once again, he's the creator, the owner of Reform Society on Facebook and Instagram. Go to his page. I'll link his page to the description. He has way more followers than, than, than Saint Edified, but hey, you know, I, I definitely want to point people his direction. He's continually posting uh, quotes from Puritans and from, from church fathers. I mean, he's... Um, Every day he's constantly posting things that are just edifying. So I encourage you guys to go check him out. Now, now this next clip is from my 
friend and another dear brother. His name is Lamont English or Anthony English. And he, uh, he con- he's, he's someone who's always preaching the gospel out in public, open air preaching. So, uh, but in this clip, he's talking to a Muslim. I'm going to fast forward it a little bit. Uh, the first two minutes, he's just establishing what are the tenets, the um, the pillars to to salvation in Islam, and the Muslim agrees. And uh, at this point, he's now comparing the Muslim message with the Christian message because in Islam, the Islamic message is better than the Christian message. And he is right here proving that it's not, and he does so by presenting the gospel. It's it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful exchange. So check it out. Like you live your life, you know for a fact that he accepts you, and that he's gonna. If you were to die right now, you'd be accepted into the kingdom. No, yeah. you know, because as of now, I'm trying to be a better Muslim because I know I'm not the most perfect right now. Okay, yeah. so basically, again, Mama's message is you have the five pillars of Islam, right, and right. you have to do good things to go to heaven. Right, right. Okay. Now, let's compare that to Jesus, right? Because, again, Islam will say we have the better message and the better messenger. As a Christian, I will say that's wrong. Christianity does, right? So this is what Christianity says. We're created by a good God who's perfect, and he's created us in his image. And as such, we have the responsibility... Uh, responsibility to obey God absolutely perfectly 100% of the time and guess what you and I we don't do that right we actually break God's Ten Commandments we lie we steal we look at we look at women with lust we look uh, uh, we have hatred in our hearts which is murder right we don't obey our parents and there's that's only five of the Ten Commandments so you and I sin against God on a daily basis right we're not perfect and we don't always do the best we can right and because of that, because God is so righteous, his wrath abides on us. He's holy. He's perfect. He ha- his wrath abides on us. And if we die in our sins, we're going to the lake of fire, hell. Right. Because of our sin against God. But this is the message right here of Christianity as well. That God and his love and his mercy, his grace, out of love for you, for me, for mankind, he sends Yeshua, Jesus, God the Son. And he sends him to earth. And he takes on human form. Right. Right. right? Which is what something the Torah, the the Jewish scriptures, right? That's something that that prophesied. So Jesus is fully God, 100% God. He's 100% man. It's called the hypostatic union in Christianity. One God, one person, two natures: divine God and man. And Jesus lives the perfect life that you and I cannot live. And then he dies the death that you and I deserve to die. Right. And then he raises from the grave. Right. And unlike. Sorry, go ahead. And that's the main difference is like um, we only see him Jesus as a prophet. Prophet, exactly. Right. And I believe he is a prophet, but he's more than that. I believe the Torah prophesies that the that the final prophet yeah. with a capital P yeah. is Yeshua, Jesus. Yeah, that's and the we, big it's a huge difference, right? Yeah, it's a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, and what you do with Jesus, if you have the wrong Jesus, you don't have the Father. If you don't have the Father, you don't have salvation. If you don't have the salvation, you're in you're you're in your sins and still on your way to hell. Right. Right? So this is the difference between Muhammad and Islam and Jesus and Christianity. Right, right. Islam says you have to do, do, do. You have to do good works to get to heaven. You have to be faithful. And you don't have the assurance, right? Right. Christianity and Jesus says, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No man comes to the Father unless it's through me. 
Mm-hmm. That's John 14, 6. Right. And then in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, the Apostle Paul says, For it's by grace you have been saved. Right. right. Uh, not by works. It's not of yourself. It's not by works so that you cannot boast. It's right. the gift of God so that no one can boast. Right. So Christianity teaches that I'm, as a Christian, and my friend Mike and my son, we're Christians, not because of anything good we do. We're Christians despite all the bad, sinful things we've done. Jesus did it all. So I have assurance that God accepts me because of what Jesus said. Um, so we believe that salvation is dependent not upon anything we do, but only on God. And therefore, when I sin, I can go to God as my father and ask for forgiveness. And that I walk around and I'm accepted by God, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Jesus did for me. Now, let me ask you a question. You have a, do you, was your father in your life? Okay. Did he accept you? Grown up? Unconditionally? Let me ask you, well, how would you feel if you never knew if your father loved you unconditionally or if he accepted you? Terrible. Terrible, right? Yeah. Jesus says you can know the Father accepts you because of everything I've done for you. Islam says you can't know. It's based upon your own work. Imagine that as a child, still hearing your father say, I'm only going to accept you if you do everything perfectly or you do the best you can. As opposed to, listen, I love you regardless. That, that gives you life, man. That's like, dude, I, my father loves me no matter what. And now I can do good stuff, not to earn his favor, because I have it. Same thing with Christians. We do good deeds, not to earn heaven, but because we're already going because of everything Christ has done. Now the question I'm going to ask you, you don't have to answer it now. Which one is really a better message? Do, 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 and you never know if you're accepted, or it's been done, and you are accepted. Yes, you're accepted fully. And now do good works, not to earn heaven, but because you already have it for sure. You know, I've listened to that clip, I don't know how many times already on Facebook and uh, and I posted it on the Saint Certified uh, Facebook page as well. I just can't get enough of it. Our brother Lamont or Anthony, he, he did such an excellent job there. Um, and I love the uh, the Muslim's response. You know, he was being very honest and said that he'll think about it because it was clear as day. The Christian message was much, much better than the message of works. For salvation like we, we talked about in previous episodes if we depend on our own works we're doomed we're we're hopeless we can't do much when it comes to salvation but when we depend fully on christ and what he did on the cross and we believe in that well there's just so much hope there and uh and we have a way of salvation well this brings us to an end of our gospel series on the saints edified podcast i pray that you were edified and that you were lifted and encouraged to go out and preach the gospel. Now, at this point, you have no excuse. If you, if you didn't know before, at least now you know how to preach the gospel. So go out there and preach. Preach to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to your friends, family. You just never know if you're listening to this while you're at work or on your break. You could have a coworker there who is only just a few words away from becoming a brother or sister. And what I mean by that is the preaching of the gospel, the power of God to change someone is when you preach the gospel and they're able to hear and they embrace it and turn to Christ all by the grace of God. And 
they trust in him and what he did on that cross that it was enough to save them and they repent of their sin okay and we have a privilege to be to take part of this great plan of redemption and we're only here for a little while only here for such a short short time and let's not waste it let's go out there and preach the good news to the lost i love you guys and until next time soli dea gloria